0: Greetings and welcome back to the Mount Rushmore podcast after a short hiatus in which we were dealing with life stuff. Richard, how's it going?
1: Ah, it's going okay.
2: <laughs> and Michael, how are you doing? Oh, look how brief that was. That was, that was so succinct. <laughs> we're I'd dusting like off our yeah. microphones. <laughs> you like what, what? what did you say before um, we started recording? This is the brand new It's the all it's the
1: all new Mount Rushmore good time variety. Can I run
2: down the list? Can I run down the list of things that has prevented us from recording? So it was um, uh, first uh, a child sickness, my child, then a COVID flu shot was just poorly scheduled, the wrong time that we were supposed to record. Then child sickness again, then a nap. Mm. that's that's on me that was on you just a nap it's just you were just you just happened to not wake up in time which is great and i think richard and i that day were like so be it oh yeah we were both so envious of you uh then a toxic mold issue a a 20th wedding anniversary that was also me. Not, uh, not, not
1: related, not at yeah, the same yeah. time.
2: <laughs> um, uh, my birthday, and here we are squeezing one in right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, it could have been like, I'm out of town, I'm out of town, I'm traveling, but I'm so happy to be back and uh, record with you guys a, an episode that has been, boy, like six weeks at least in the making. It felt, it's been it yeah. hard boiling. <laughs> I this guarantee our- it's not going to be any better.
0: The topic was a Richard Manfredi choice, and it's going to be lumped in the uh, many, many music topics that we have out on our website, the award-winning Mount uh, Rushmore <laughs> podcast website. Uh, what is the music topic,
1: Richard? It is musical artists that sounded like no one else when they first started. Cool. Uh,
0: so <laughs> what, what, what inspiration?
2: <laughs>
1: I, love, wait, I love that. I love that. Um, the caveat. Yeah. I didn't realize that was in there, too, but I'll have to... Um, Adjust. Well, well, I mean, the point is, these are artists that when they when they first came out, they didn't sound like anybody else. Mm. Now, maybe over the years, they wound up becoming influential, mm. and you can hear Others their influences in like other music. Okay, but when they first started out, they really didn't sound like anybody else that was out there.
0: Yeah, like once Tiny Tim came out, then all, all of a sudden, everybody Dylan. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Trying to decide
2: whether I'm gonna talk about Tiny Tim now or not. Thanks for blowing it, Chad. Hold on. I'm uh, you know what, maybe that can be Jeff's choice. I'm gonna scratch Tiny Tim. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: All right. Well, then I won't say anything else. Um, so why don't we just get started? So that's a great choice. And I no doubt we might hear one of your choices is the is the artist that inspired this. Um is often the case. So Michael, if you're ready after redoing your lineup, what what would you like to come out with?
2: Okay, my first choice is the band Primus. Also on my list. Wow. Super, super. Now, uh, I think that the thing about Primus that is so interesting is um, a lot of my choices seem to have a very similar um, kind of note about them. um, Pardon the pun. But a similar aspect of what I think makes them interesting. Um, With Primus, it's like this kind of this combo feature of this weird funk thrash metal thing where he sings about like growing up in this horrible town of El Sobrante and all of like the cast of weird characters that seem to come around set to this just, you know, really bass, funky bass-driven metal that I don't think any band sounds like or has ever sounded like, where the bass is like the primary musical instrument And then he's just got this weird voice that like pierces through Hmm. like the heavy bass, like strings that slap. It's just like this Mm -hmm. um, kind of uh, 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 nasally weird, complaining, uh, loopy, grating, grating, Hmm. um, obnoxious. But like these two things working in tandem, I don't think. Does anybody go out – has anybody ever gone out and said, I need to sound like Primus? Hmm. I, I think they're, they exist in this weird metal verse of their own where it's like, you know what? They're just going to – Les Claypool's going to just do his thing, and I don't want to sound like that. And I'm not even going to try to get anything
1: close to that that
2: I find yeah. So fascinating.
1: Yeah, they're like a metal funk jam band. Mm-hmm. Which is just a weird-ass combination of words to string together to explain (laughs) somebody. And it sounds like Les Claypool's bass has been thrown into a cement mixer and then amplified. Yeah. That's sort of what that sounds like. And I mean, as a bass player, I just, you know, it's just unique the way he plays. Because he does, not only does he do a lot of the slap and popping type of stuff, but he does a lot of the what he does is like the finger tapping. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of a Yingwei Mall steam sort of doodly mm. doodly. Mm-hmm. but he does that on the bass, so it creates all these weird, like he's hitting four strings at the same time and mm-hmm. all these weird tonal and atonal things that are that are happening with his with his playing, Les Claypool. Then you got the guitar player who's just noodling <laughs> in the background, and the poor drummer has to try and like figure out how to keep some sort of <laughs> rhythm and Make some sort of sense of this madness that's going on around mm-hmm. him, which I so I appreciate the musicianship that's 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 at play here, because without without them all three of them being really strong musicians, this just devolves into like bad high school jam band.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, some of the bunch of kids in their garage trying to learn how to play an instrument. That's kind of what it would sound like.
0: Primus almost seems like uh, an act that might more easily be compared to a visual art um, like, you know, an abstract (laughs) Picasso or something like that than than another uh, musical artist. I I also wonder if here's a question in regards to what the category is. Now, we didn't necessarily say pop music or rock and roll or anything like that, but I know within the realm of popular entertainment, it is not. Always commercially um, viable to be unique. And sure, true. Yeah, is, or unless I'm wrong, was there ever a time, do you think, when somebody uh, found it strategic to be absolutely um, um, indiscernible from, or sorry, distinct from anything out there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Primus were really commercially successful mm-hmm. for a long time. I mean, they had top 10 albums and and like you know big alternative rock radio uh singles yeah certainly, but I,
2: certainly like um as big brown beaver was like
1: that was all over the radio yeah yeah
2: i mean and super kind of poppy and had like enough airplay and enough music video play that um it made them like just known well known mm-hmm. certainly
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and they were, and to your point, uh, Jeff. They were visually interesting. And Les Claypool is just a weird looking dude.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When he plays bass and he gets his legs kind of like flailing all over the place and his arms, he looks like <laughs> a their, their 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 logo was a mosquito for a while, and I think uh, that's because Les Claypool kind of looks like a a big, tall, long, drawn out mosquito
0: mm-hmm.
1: in some yeah. ways. But I mean, to me, I if I were to try and say there's anyone that I could compare them to that had come before them, maybe like a captain beef art.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. With
1: that kind of like really kind of like avant-garde, but still Mm -hmm. kind of pop sensibility to it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's the only thing I could think of that, that I could comparison that I could draw.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. That's really interesting. So you both chose that. So Richard, what would be
1: your second choice? My second choice, I'll go with the band that got me thinking of this topic, and uh, that's the B-52s. Oh, wow, wow.
0: Great choice. Yeah.
1: And, you know, when they came out in the, the the 1970s, they you you can hear where some of their influences are from, but it's like, it's this, were they punk rock? Were they new wave? Mm-hmm. Were they doing like this retro surf music? Hmm. When you listen to something like rock lobster where do you what what genre do you put that in? What category do you put that in? I mean yeah. ultimately, you look back on it today and you just say, oh, that sounds like a b fifty two song yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: like b fifty two song became its own genre of music mm-hmm. of for for this kind of like retro leaning new wave, kind of punk influenced very jaggedy, but at the same time very melodic in a lot of ways. And the, you know, the, the harmonies of the, the B 52 girls, mm-hmm. you got Fred Schneider doing whatever the hell Fred Schneider is doing. It's just such a unique mix that I, I don't know that there's been another band. I don't know. they they seem, they are uncategor uncategorizable. Yeah. For most of their career. Yeah. And I find that fascinating.
0: Who was it? Was it Kate Pearson's brother? I forget who the original guitarist was. There was uh, then unfortunately lost an early guitarist to HIV, and I think, yeah, uh, Rick,
2: Ricky Wilson.
1: Ricky, Ricky Wilson? Wilson. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, uh, the fact that I think they were just people who maybe almost like a, a Talking Heads that seemed like art students who found instruments and yeah. decided right. to express uh, their interest in certain themes and eras of of popular culture through a sound and and music and learned enough how to play in order to get that across and i think yeah like ricky wilson was a very percussive rhythmic guitarist versus a melodic trained guitarist so he he had just kind of like a they just kind of it's i think some of their early performances were almost like rem where it's we wanted to have a party in athens and we wanted everybody to come here and see our crazy outfits. And we had to be doing something. So we figured out it must be music. And then they evolved from there from this kind of centerpiece for a beer uh bash to actual uh musicians and things like that. So, but yeah, I, I almost feel like when I saw the B52s, they were a clarion call for me because punk was the only outsider music that I had uh seen. But B 52s looked like what what I had access to, which is thrift store garbage. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I wasn't going to wear a leather jacket or put a clothespin through my nose. Um, But I could go buy a crazy, you know, bolo tie and, you Hmm. know, bright, bright colored clothing uh, from the 50s and put that on. And
1: they were fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: Like in a way that punk rock wasn't. Yeah. Or, you know, New Wave hadn't quite hit yet at that point. Mm -hmm. But. You know, that whole CBGBs kind of scene, kind of being dark and hip and cool. I mean, the B-52s made themselves kind of cool in their own way, but they sort of weren't, to your yeah. point. They were kind of outsiders. Oh yeah. In a lot of ways. And but they but they decided to have fun with that status instead of they they, they steered into it. Yeah. And they steered into it musically, you know. You mentioned Ricky Wilson. I mean he 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 used a lot of unorthodox guitar tunings mm-hmm. which again kind of I think speaks to that idea of kind of okay we're not we're not really musicians here but we want to try and make music so what if we just change this around instead of having the usual guitar tuning we tried it this way and I played this chord and it sounds like this yeah and that's so- something that's different than anything else that you've heard out there it just was unique
0: yeah. The only thing I could compare it to is like visual art, like the set of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like that that, that's what they sounded like. That wackadoodle thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they yeah, the fact that the B fifty twos never appeared in a Tim Burton film is kind of Oh yeah. Surprising.
0: Yeah, they already had the hair. Yeah. They're like exactly. Mr. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Michael, what's your second one?
2: Uh my second choice is the artist formerly and currently known as Bjork.
1: Oh wow! Uh-oh. Yeah, nice. Who's um, joining us in the podcast business? <laughs> Is she really? Yeah,
0: <laughs> Bjork's gonna have a podcast. Why would uh, you pick her?
2: Well, I, th- I think that Bjork stands firmly as one of these artists who not only <clears throat> sounds differently from any other artist um, with her voice, which kind of has this uh, kind of wide range of sounds that um uh can get um very high in uh in register, but like she also sings in uh Icelandic and English in a way that nobody else really does. I mean even you can kind of say sugar uh not sugar cubes, but uh Sigar Ross kinda of does. Mm-hmm. But it's it doesn't quite sound like Bjork. She kind of everything kind of mixes really um so uh strangely you know, she came out of, like, having, like, these kind of, um, kind of, uh, post-punk roots with the sugar cubes, and by the time she put out her first album um, debut, uh, it had kind of started dipping into kind of a little bit of, like, club dance kind of sound, but then I guess what I think is most interesting about her is album to album, things don't sound the same, like, if you look at Bjork's first album and listen to her most recent one that came out, like Bjork is still within all of it, but it doesn't sound like Bjork from, you know, 25 years ago. I think that she physically, um, or her at least appearance, is constantly evolving. I don't think anybody is trying to ever sound like Bjork, though. I think there's a lot of things that keep happening, is, um, or at least that I've noticed with my choices, is that there are people that are kind of out there on their own island. Like she might pull in a lot of influences from a lot of things. And I think everybody does. You know, one thing I started doing, uh, Jeff, after you suggested it a few months ago, was listening to like the history of rock and 500 songs. And uh, it's amazing how much popular music that you think, you know, as identified at to being connected to a certain person was written by somebody else was written before was performed Mm -hmm. half a dozen times by someone else. Um, But I don't think that happens with someone like maybe Bjork's influenced by a lot of different music or she's influenced by nature. She's uh, you know, her last album was all about like, I'm a mushroom. Let's sing, (laughs) let's have an entire album about like praising (laughs) mushrooms and mushrooms that grow out of the dirt. It's like, okay, well, you're out there on your on your own, but I don't think anyone's going there and emulating what Bjork does. And I think that she sings in a way that is just so unique, and thinks about things, and processes music, and processes things visually. That is just so so unique. There's B- Bjork's calling right now. Exactly. <laughs> She's saying, "Not,
1: I, not, I, not, I do not, I do not, I do not make weird music."
2: <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I funny because like i've definitely gone through like a a roller coaster of like i bjork used to be one of my favorite artists and then she kind of fell out of fashion for like for me for like 10 15 years where it's just like i just couldn't i literally couldn't listen to her music i Mm -hmm. I was just like i don't like this i don't like this at all even though like maybe there are a couple elements in there something i remember
0: Mm -hmm. yeah she does seem like an artist who's using primary sources that aren't other artists or other music she's like you said, inspired by (laughs) a lot of it's nature. A lot of it's,
2: um, you know, her um, kind of home country of Iceland itself, which I mean, Iceland is this weird Island that really feels disconnected from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel like you can walk from, you know, one side to the other and they feel like a different part of everything feels different about being there and, uh, so maybe it's just uh, that's such just an influence on her as a person.
0: Well, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, that's one thing. When somebody doesn't sound like anybody else, it's it's almost uh, the blinders that they've had towards the rest of the music industry. I also wonder if if a if a an artist like Bjork who has lived in the entertainment industry as a performer, as she was an actress, right? Or, or something like
2: that. And perhaps. also, was a, she was also like a child. Child girl. singer, yeah. Yeah. Like when she was, you know, like seven to 10 or something, she was like a huge pop star within Iceland. But she was, mm-hmm. she's always been making music. But yeah, I think, you know, when she, um, what was it? Uh, 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 Catch, no, um, Eyes, writer, what was it called? What was the movie? Dancer in the Dark okay uh you know she took one foray into acting and then was like "Uh, i put all of myself in this now i'm done with it yeah (laughs) i cannot i can't do this anymore
0: yeah oh god forbid if there was somebody who was going to sound exactly like bjork and then they heard her album going ah i i was gonna sound just like that (laughs) oh nuts uh well we're taking our first uh intermission just want to invite you to kind of jump back in the, the the swing of things with us and um you know share our episodes if you don't mind you know the holidays are coming up we've implored you before to give the gift of the mount rushmore podcast um to to your friends and family or enemies and uh you can download all the past episodes put them on a hard drive give them to your family just send us money um we'll paypal bitcoin we'll take it all no we don't take
1: bitcoin no 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 oh, no 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 ftx yeah no no <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, sorry
1: Wait a second
0: um, We're back So uh, what is your third choice, Mr. Manfred?
1: All right, so I'm going to go with a band That I suspect probably influenced Bjork In many ways and mm. uh, That is Croftwork Oh, awesome Probably the uh, the the OG electronic band Yeah You know, if, if it wasn't for Because I would actually My initial thought was Devo mm-hmm. and then I thought, you know what? Devo kind of sounded like Kraftwerk, though. Yeah, it's pretty clear that there would be no no Devo if there wasn't Kraftwerk. Yeah, but I can't tell you who who Kraftwerk sounded like before the you know before they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this German band, kind of. You, and, my, and maybe there's a theme here of I'm kind of picking these groups that also ha, seem to have a real visual element to them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Beyond just the musical side of things and craft work with their, with their their live shows and they're kind of almost like robot, like they call it robot music, and they're kind of, you know, they're very reclusive and they kind of have mannequins instead of themselves as in all their like press photos and everything like that. And they don't do interviews, so they're very much just really, like me, very much like you. <laughs> I don't do interviews. I've never done an interview, <laughs> um, so you can see like a band like Daft Punk, who kind of looked at at craftwork at and said that's something we can do. Yeah, um, but musically, just you know, just you know, electronic drums and synthesizers, and this idea of of being able to make music without modern with with mo- completely modern instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just. Any, any, you know, Gary Newman, Human League, any of the new wave bands, you know, just incredibly influential. You know, it's one of those, you know, they talk about how was it the Velvet Underground only sold 75,000 records, but everyone who bought a Velvet Underground record started a band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much the same way with Kraftwerk. Mm -hmm. And just musically, they (laughs) it's so Teutonic and cold yeah <laughs> that you can just hear a Kraftwerk song and instantly know exactly who that is mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um just to pause is there I was hearing some audio coming in like the tv or something like that
1: oh I unfortunately Sarah's in the other room oh, okay it's not
0: that loud I hes- hesitated to comment on it that's it okay not, like, distracting um there was a. I um I absolutely uh concur uh Dangerous Minds posted a article about um, a a band that could have influenced Kraftwerk and it was some people who dressed up like robots <laughs> from a visual standpoint but they looked like the hour gang kind of robots you know like the the hose dryer hose for arms and stuff like that but you know you're absolutely correct they they seem so um, distinct from that which came before and almost it feels like they took the experiments of like a Robert Moog or or <laughs> and turned right. them into an actual um, expression of 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 pop music or at least music. So yeah, that's that's so cool. And I think if pe- persons who like Newman who were so influenced like by Bowie and and Kraftwerk. Okay, so I think it's um, Winfield's third. Is that right? Yes. Okay,
2: Michael, uh, what's your third? My third choice is a band out of New York called Chibomato. Oh, wow. They're a band <laughs> with primarily um, two members, um, Yuka Honda and Miho Hattori, um, kind of Japanese expatriates who um, only put out a couple albums. I think they kind of came back to do um, – kind of reformed in like the last kind of five ten years to tour and do stuff, but they really, they put out only two albums. Um, they're kind of like this Japanese trip hop alternative band um, that uh, maybe it's because um, uh, they're Japanese by birth and that they're um, the way they sing songs sounds in english even sounds just a little bit off or it sounds a little bit um strained isn't the right word but just kind of foreign that um the combination of that and their music being at least for their first album like primarily about food it's very simple <laughs> like the music is you know uh there's a lot of um feels very sample based but i don't know there's just no band that I think sounds like, um, just doesn't sound like them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm trying to think if there's a band that came after there probably is. I, it feels like, uh, something that has influenced a lot or has a lot of influences from things or it's like a, they're like a big salad bowl of ideas that somehow, whatever they've kind of stirred up together, um, seems to have worked. I know that later on um by their second album like um was it sean lennon or yeah it was Sh- no sean lennon sean lennon joined and i think it um um it added a bit more structure to what they, they were doing but um i don't know i listened to chiba Motto and i th- always think um they're definitely this kind of one of one i don't think anybody is like them and um I should check out their third album, but I haven't yet.
0: That's a fun choice. I feel like I only know the one that was on that compilation of music videos of Cunningham. I forget which the the uh, one they had a music video that was forward and backward at the same time. Uh, sugar, 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 water. Water. sugar, water. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your fourth one, Richard?
1: All right, my fourth choice. Uh, I'm going with the uh, band Cake.
0: Oh wow! What a yeah. What a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just a, a super fun band. Uh again another band like the B52s with kind of mm-hmm. a retro vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Although I can't quite place exactly what their retro vibe is. It just sounds like it it almost sounds like some like a It sounds like someone in the Lawrence Welk show band yeah, t- dropped acid <laughs> and started listening to these kids today back yeah. in 1966. Yeah. And decided to make an album with their, yeah, base knowledge of music, but trying to make it sound like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, yeah, or something it, like that.
0: I think the trump—they have a trumpet. And they, they have use, a trumpet. They use what is that—that that thing that they use so much? It's like a, it makes the rattling sound like a Sergio Leone um, soundtrack. Oh um, sure, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's uh, and then the you know the lead singer has this very kind of flat, distinctive vocal style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything sounds like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not really even so much singing. as He's hes a, a classic sing talker. Yeah. And. He and Fred
2: Schneider should team up to do some sing talking together. <laughs> that
1: would be <laughs> fantastic.
2: A nasally sing talker and like a, a low, uh, uh, you know, baritone droning sing talker. Get what's his name in there from um, Magnetic Fields and have just some really deep bass sing talking too. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. They uh, they they always have this like you, you mentioned the Sergio Leone. There's certainly some sort of like spaghetti Western element to it with that kind of like, like like deep guitar like single mm-hmm. note kind of twang 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 mm-hmm. type stuff happening. But then the music's also fun and dancey and and and, and poppy and yeah. you know short skirt long jacket is yeah. an amazing song.
0: Yeah, rock and roll lifestyle. I think came out at the time where like people like. We're discovering the bare naked ladies and Weezer and Benfold that had some irony mm-hmm. in there, and then also, I think like G Love, a special sauce. Like there was a little bit of almost speaking in. It didn't have to be an amazing vocalist, you know. It just had kind mm-hmm. of a funny groove. Yeah, I I uh, did. I tell you, I worked for this is Jeff Cass. I worked for uh, Jeff uh a, a person, a very um uh, attractive woman who had dated John McRae, the lead singer and songwriter for many years and tormented him beyond belief with their on again, off again relationship. And <laughs> she would, she, uh, she said, yeah, fashion nugget. That's what he used to call me. Um, cause she was a model and like every song on <laughs> like most of his albums was, was about her. And oh, wow. she, could, she could trace everything back to this time she dumped him or this time, <laughs> whatever. So, um, uh, he definitely, um, uh, was kind of I. One thing I loved about John McRae and Cake was it almost sounds like you could do that, you know. Like, yeah. I could. I mean, my friends could do that, um, and he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a rock star. In fact, he was asking how do you how do you pay for that rock and roll lifestyle?
2: Um, uh, yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, what's your last one, Winfield? Uh, my last choice is Tiny. Ten. No, it's not Tiny. Ten. I <laughs> uh, Sorry, I blew that for you. No, it's okay. Um, Joanna Newsom. Oh. Uh, Joanna Newsom is kind of this uh indie, heart playing, elfin, mm. very interesting mm. singer, and she has a very strange voice that sounds like something out of like a Tolkien forest. Um, <laughs> and She started putting out music in kind of like the kind of mid 2000s. um, And her primary instrument is the harp. And like the harp is not a thing that like seems very convenient to play or to Mm -hmm. be like the main instrument in your band. But she's just like an indie harpist. (laughs) And it's very strange. And uh, she kind of has... um, I'm trying to think of a way to describe her. Sometimes it's unlistenable. Oh. Sometimes the kind of the voice sounds kind of a little bit childish as if almost like she's can be singing about like um teddy bears or something, but she totally sounds different than anything else I've ever heard. And it's not necessarily the most like if you were to put it on to be like, you gotta check this out, the person may check out. But there's something <laughs> ab- but there is something about her and her voice and uh her style of music. This um this kind of pop music that is so mm-hmm. um I don't know, just so unique to um it's like uh, something you'd hear in I don't know, uh, I think that, I don't know, like in a forest glade (laughs) (laughs) that uh, I find so fascinating. And um, it's very hard to describe, but I guess that's why we're singing it. We're kind of talking about these sorts of things is that sometimes there are artists that come out that you have to hear it to get it.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Do you feel like
0: uh, Croftwork and maybe Bjork and Chibomato are making music not for dance floors or radios, but for films that don't even exist? You know, I feel like there's a cinematic nature to some of those artists. Hmm. And I also would guess that those artists, um, you know, B-52s definitely... I don't know probably Primus, too. they had to appeal to media outlets and you know they they had to get past gatekeepers and It seems like uh John and Newsom might even be kind of benefiting from this kind of new direct to streaming kind of world where you do your own thing, man, <laughs> somebody's gonna find you.
2: I think there was you know. a lot of music that definitely came out in like the post like boy band era between. 1999 in 2002 2003 where that was like dominating the airwaves so mm-hmm. much um it feels like that happened with um you know rock music too had kind of reached kind of a kind of a staleness before there was kind of like that kind of post post-punk uh strokes sort of interpol mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah yeah's revival of you know kind of new york um independent rock and roll. And I think the same thing happened with uh, kind of like uh, death cab for cutie sort of coming out of the Pacific Northwest with something that is rock and roll, but kind of rejected the kind of sound of whatever alternative music had turned into. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there was also like around that time because of, I don't know, let's say Napster and everything, probably like a fledgling um, indie scene where, more music could get out into the open you know more home produced stuff or more um individualized stuff could um be released and um maybe that's part of it yeah there is a because of the internet too there was an avenue or there was an opening for something somebody that had a kind of strange elfin like voice Mm -hmm. on a harp that um found a little bit of footing
0: yeah yeah, I wonder if if they were it's something they started off started off for Eurovision and then made it <laughs> made it over here. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we did it! I can't believe it. We did it.
2: We accomplished. See what a month! I mean, what do we yeah. got coming up? We got Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. yeah, Christmas. Christmas. There's nothing Christmas. happening around
1: the holidays, so I <laughs> no, should no have thing. plenty of time
2: to record no,
0: to keep us busy. I uh, want to thank uh, any of our audience who has stuck with us over this break. I appreciate. Uh, or maybe we gave you a break and you're appreciative of that. So you're welcome. Uh, so let's go with a um, some really kind of innovators in there. Let's go for uh, Bjork, let's go with uh, Kraftwerk, let's go with Primus because you both said it. And uh, I had never um, heard of Joanna Newsom, so that's opened my mind. So thank you for those great suggestions. And dudes, I missed you. I'm glad I got to talk to you and see your faces. Your beautiful faces. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm with Jeff, I'm Richard, I'm Michael. We did it. We did it.